All right, Sam. Uh, and continuing with our last uh, podcast episode, we talked about God using imperfect people who have flaws, have made mistakes. God still has a purpose for them. God still can use them. Um, that's part of God's grace uh, in how he uses us. So today's episode, uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about the topic of forgiveness and how that plays into our Christian life. Yeah, because forgiveness is, I mean, man, it's its at the core of Christianity, right? It's God forgave our sins through the sacrifice of Christ Jesus. And so Christians should be defined by forgiveness. Um, but there was a recent Barna study that actually kind of showed some surprising and, and disappointing numbers to the contrary. And so I just want to talk about that today a little bit, get your thoughts. Um, because, I mean, if we can get you guys, if you're listening to this or watching this, we just want to get Christians thinking about forgiveness and thinking about, ultimately, is my life marked by forgiveness and compassion and grace? Um, so the first thing, which I think is a good number, 76% of practicing Christians say they have offered unconditional forgiveness to people. I think that's that's good. Obviously, we want to see that number go higher. Yeah, but that's not a, I don't, I mean, 76%, that seems fair. Seems fair. We can do better, but yeah. that seems good, right? That's not a bad starting right. point. Um Here's where the numbers start to get a little... And they jump down pretty quickly. They jump down pretty quickly, and it's where it starts to get a little hurtful. Maybe not hurt. Well, yeah, hurtful. Hurtful to the world, harmful to the message of Christ. Um, 27% of practicing Christians identify someone in their life they don't want to forgive. And that's, that's tough. And I can speak on this because I've been there, right? I've shared with you before, like my brother was abused by a good family friend at a private Christian school. So that that rocked our family. And as I grew up and understood more and more of that, that really, that was a big burden for me in my relationship with God was this issue of forgiveness, of forgiving the man who abused my brother, of forgiving my parents for allowing it to happen, right? Part of my immaturity as a kid was you're looking for someone to blame so there was a period where in my mind it was my parents fault for not protecting there was a period where i blamed myself right like i'm the older brother i'm supposed to watch out for for my brother so i blamed myself and i had to forgive myself as dumb as that sounds and ultimately i had to forgive god right because there was a also a period where i was pretty ticked off at god for a lot like man are you kidding me i see i see my parents just give and give to the church and serve the church and this is how they're repaid. So there was a period where I was angry at God. So when I see this percentage of Christians who identify someone they don't want to forgive, it resonates with me because I was there for a lot of years, and it was a painful, um, it was a painful process for me. Right? Like it's not. <laughs> we're not going to make this sound easy. It's not fun letting go of deep, real pain and forgiving someone. But there's so much freedom in it. I mean, I remember that moment where I said aloud, I forgive you, and I meant it, and just the weight that lifted. And so my my question for you is, why do you think there are Christians who can so easily identify people I don't want to forgive? I don't know exactly how to answer that. Yeah. I know I have, I've had opportunities in my life for the same thing. Um, I, my biological dad went to prison uh, when I was, I think, two years old. Um, he was there for quite a long time. I was in my teens uh, when he came out and we met for a couple times. And I, I think at that point I was still trying to work through that forgiveness part mm. and trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out if he meant it mm. or if he even wanted 
to be forgiven for all those years of not being there in my life. And as a, a young boy, I didn't know how to work through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to figure out, did they want to be forgiven? And he never asked for it. And I think there was even points where uh, I was trying to figure out by his actions. And there, was, there just came a point where I was like, I'm, I'm going to forgive him. I, don't, I haven't forgotten everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm okay. Just forgive you. And, and, I, and I don't have any bitterness towards him at all. And we don't, we don't have a relationship. Right. I've got, I, my, my stepdad adopted me uh, later on after I asked him to do that. And I have a father, uh, an earthly father who is, who's taken care of me, Yep. but I have no bitterness towards that person who was out of my life for many, many years. And I don't feel that bitterness that I think some children have in their hearts, you know, whether it be a situation like mine where somebody is out of their life for many years and, and then maybe they reappear or maybe there's abuse or um, mistreatment, abandonment, whatever it is, forgiveness can be really tough. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we look at it as, do they want to be forgiven before I forgive them? We don't actually think about, and, and this, the Bible clearly tells us this, that the forgiveness is for us. Yeah, We have to have forgiveness in our heart. It's going to benefit us to do so. Oh, yeah. Because that's kind of like Satan's playground. Mm-hmm. If he can cause us to always be struggling with bitterness or hatred towards someone, the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to work through that kind of stuff. Not when we're giving so much room for the devil to work. Not when we're so readily and easily seeding ground. You know, if, if we're constantly backpedaling, it's going to be tough to make forward progress. But I think it's funny you said you did not answer the question. I think you have a beautiful answer. It's getting to a point where the forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about our heart and our heart with God and our relationship with God. Um, so I think my encouragement to people who, who identify someone they don't want to forgive is to stop looking at the other person and start doing some introspective you know, realization of, all right, why don't I want to forgive them? Am I holding on to resentment? Am I holding on to anger? Am I holding on to bitterness? Am I using it to excuse my behavior? And I think when we turn the mirror back on ourselves and start looking inward, we realize that it boils down to our heart and our heart with God and making sure our heart is right before God. Um, And I I should also note this, that forgiveness does not mean that we're um, authorizing or okaying the wrong things that they've done. No, not at all. And it's also not forgetting what they've done. And it's not an automatic reconciliation of the relationship, right? right? Like, like you said with your dad, the guy who abused my brother, it's not like we hang out now, right? Like I'm not right. saying what he did was okay. I'm not uh, absolutely none of that. But what I'm saying is I forgive you right? because I realize that I'm a sinner too and that I'm not perfect. So for me to lord unforgiveness over you is just so hypocritical and so damaging to my own relationship with God. And kind of a stat that ties right along with that, and we've talked about this a little bit, but so 27% of practicing Christians say there's someone they don't want to forgive. 23% of practicing Christians say there's someone they can't forgive. And to me, there's a huge difference between that words, those words don't want to forgive and can't forgive. Because when you're saying there's someone you can't forgive, you're limiting the power of God. You're limiting the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and you're totally cheapening the relationship that we have there by saying, mm -mm, I can't forgive you because what you did is unforgivable. And that goes back to kind of what we talked about last episode. It goes back to a proud heart, but it goes to a lot of what we've discussed where is our heart right before God? Do we have a, a proper understanding of who we are with God, and do we allow that to affect our actions? Right. And these aren't—I don't think we're discussing small things. No. Uh, we're not talking about, oh, my friend didn't return my text. Yeah. Or they've been ignoring me. Yep. Um, we're talking about the, the, the big hurtful things, um, affairs, rape. Those are big. Murder. Yeah. You know, we've, we've read stories of tragically parents of a, a child that was murdered forgiving the person who did it. And I can't even imagine that. I really can't. No. I, I, I want to say I would never be that person who says I identify as someone who can't forgive someone for what they've done. I would love to say that God would give me everything that I need to do that. Um, I think this goes along with the, the last podcast. I think sometimes it is beyond us. Oh, absolutely. But we, we have, it's, it's by God. It's the Holy Spirit helping us and, and providing a way for us to offer forgiveness. Absolutely. And that's, that's how I forgave the man who abused my brother. I was in the chapel garden at my college freshman year just weeping. I mean, the hardest I've ever cried because I was just sick and tired of carrying this burden, right? This, this bitterness, this resentment. I was just done with it. But I knew I didn't have it in me on my own to forgive this person, to forgive my parents, to forgive myself, to forgive God, right? I, I knew it. And I was at a point of total brokenness before the Lord. And I vividly remember just crying out, God, I can't do this on my own. But I am so tired of this weight. Please give me your love to forgive this situation. Mm -hmm. And then I just put my head down on my arms and cried. Right? Like I was kneeling in front of a bench and I just, I just said, I can't do this on my own. Please, I need you. And I just wept. And I wept and I wept. And at the end of it, I just remember feeling this calm. I mean, just this unbelievable enveloping calm and peace. And I was able to say aloud, the very next words I said aloud were, I forgive you. And I said that to the man, even though he wasn't there. And then I said, I forgive you to my parents. I forgive you to myself. And I finished with, God, I forgive you. And oh my goodness, I mean, the notion that God needs my forgiveness is, you know, um, shows the short-sightedness of ourselves, but that was a burden that I was wrestling with. And so I think what helps with forgiveness is coming to that place of surrender and recognizing we don't have the strength. I don't have the supernatural love within me to forgive a man who abused a kindergartner, right? Like, I don't have that kind of supernatural love on my own. Right, because I feel like my nature, and maybe this is a lot of people's, like, I want there to be revenge, Injustice. There needs to be something, some sort of retribution. Yeah. So it's not, I don't think it comes natural most of the time. Mm -mm. And so when you're brought to that place of brokenness and surrender before God, it's almost like we're getting out of our own way. And we're saying, okay, God, do what you want to do in me so that I can be at this place of forgiveness. And oh, 
one of the most beautiful moments of my life. I, I mean, the, the pain of it all, obviously nobody wants to go through that, right? But when I look at where it brought me to that position of surrender before God and just seeing what surrender to God looks like and what it does within me, it's made future surrender to God so much easier. Wow. Um, and I think, so here's where I want to go next with this. So we've got 27% I don't want to forgive someone, 23% I can't forgive someone. And it kind of, you know, it makes my mind... That's a quarter of all Christians that were surveyed. Yeah, that's tough. And this isn't just nominal Christians. This is practicing Christians. This is people who, they're plugged into a church. They're doing small groups, right? They're spending time in the Bible. They're spending time in prayer. This isn't someone who's like, oh, well, my grandpa... This is practicing Christians. That's a big number. And it makes me wonder, I'm like, man, how are there so many people wrestling with this? But then we see this, and I, I, I think it's very telling that Barna asked this question. 22% of Christians struggle to receive forgiveness for something they've done. 22% of practicing Christians said, yeah, I, I don't know if I've been forgiven for what I've done. That's huge. If we don't understand that we've forgiven, or we've been forgiven, it's going to be a lot harder for us to turn around and forgive people. Why do you think, I mean, that, that broke my heart a little bit, right? When I thought that there's 22%, a little over a fifth. I mean, if you think of 10 Christians that you know personally, two of them think they haven't been forgiven for something. That's, that's pretty tragic. Why do you think? That's really sad. Yeah. Uh, there's probably been times in my life, I, I, I mean, I don't remember specific situations, but I'm like, like, man, I'm... I'm messed up. Like I, I've done some bad things, um, whether that be things I've thought or, or I've done. Um, and it's taken a little bit longer than probably it should to realize that, that grace that God gives us. And this goes back to even God using flawed people. Understanding first John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I remember hearing that when I became a Christian, that I was kind of, at that point, you know, mm-hmm. I was forgiven of all my sins, but I've messed up since then too. Sure. And I think those are the sins where I've struggled. It's like, well, I, I keep messing up. Like, I keep doing something stupid. Is God going to continue to forgive me? I have to keep reminding myself of that verse and also um, that I am a Christian. I am one of God's and he realizes that I'm broken mm-hmm. um, and I need him and I need his forgiveness. And I pray that, you know, from now until the time that I go to heaven, that I, I continually get more holy. I get better at uh, fighting off desires or temptations that I have to do something. Um, but there, I have to. I, I'm going to have to keep reminding myself that. Yeah, we need to remind ourselves that we are forgiven. I mean, when God looks at us, He looks at us with loving adoration. You know, He, he looks at us and He sees His children, whom He loves with all His heart. Uh, our small group was talking a couple weeks ago. Right there are passages that says God exalts over us. He rejoices over us. He sings songs over us. I, I mean. The idea of God of the universe looking at me and being so excited about me that he sings a song <laughs> because he can't contain it, that's mind-blowing to a degree, right? But when we internalize and when I know with my heart that, yeah, that's true, 
that the God of the universe exalts over me and that he's forgiven me. It's life-changing. I mean, it blows your mind to realize that, like that verse says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. And elsewhere, you know, in Isaiah, it talks about that though our sins left us like scarlet, he washes us white as snow. Just that vivid imagery of of pure white snow without a, a blemish in it. That's what God's forgiveness does to us. And so I think when I see that percentage of Christians who struggle to receive forgiveness, I mean, if that's somebody listening or watching, talk to someone, right? Like, if you know James or I or Dan or Phil or Mike, one of the elders, like, come talk to one of us. If you're watching this and you don't personally have any connection to our church, find a church in your area. I mean, talk to somebody, right? Like, because Christians need to know that we're forgiven. Because when we realize that, that's when we can start forgiving as well. When we realize that, no, this isn't a weight that I have to carry around with me forever. Right. And I, uh, even non-Christians yeah. don't think that you have to have it all figured out and your life cleaned up before you become a Christian. Yeah. Um, that's not how it works. No. Um, God does that work. Yes. So if, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, God offers that forgiveness that you, mm. you desire and that you need. Um, I like the, the second part after that verse. It says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Yeah. It's just being honest. Just I feel like Just brutally um, honest. The kids that are teenagers now and maybe young adults, early 20s, uh, that generation is they're done with the type of Christianity that portrays perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they see through that, and they, they want to see authentic Christianity. And I think that's where this comes from, especially this, this section of verses here. Absolutely. And I love that word you used, authentic Christianity, right? A relationship with Christ isn't about, well, I'm going to get perfect, and then I'm going to approach Christ. It's, no, I'm, I'm going to approach Christ broken as I am, because that's what he wants me to do. And then he forgives me that brokenness, and he doesn't see it anymore when he looks at me, because I'm, I'm forgiven. I mean, he's faithful and just. We're promised that. And now, in that forgiveness, I can heal, and I can grow, and I can begin to become more and more of the person who God created us to be. Um, and it's just, it's real. It's authentic. It's vulnerable. It's, it's a Christianity that doesn't cover over the scars and, and the ugly parts and pretend like they don't exist. But it's also a Christianity that strives to grow and strives to look more and more like Christ out of a deep love and gratitude for what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah, when I look at these numbers, I think there's some encouraging parts. I think there's some places where we can do better. Um, but, I mean, man, just imagine how beautiful it would be if you could ask anybody on the street, hey, describe the, the average Christian. And they're like, oh, they're a person of forgiveness. That would be awesome. That'd be I awesome. think that would be a 180 a little bit. Absolutely. Especially in some areas of the country. Oh, yeah. So if you could give uh, one final thought, what would it be over this topic of forgiveness? Don't delude yourself and put it off. I mean, that was something I did, right? As I grew up and I got more involved with church ministries and parachurch ministries, and I was still like before my freshman year of college, 
Um, in high school, I was very much involved with ministries and Bible studies and things like that. And so at different points I had, I mean, I had different leaders speak about conviction or forgiveness. I had my parents talk to me about forgiveness. You know, I had people who were, they were talking to me about forgiveness. And in my mind, I just lied, or rather I, I bought the lie of the enemy. I believed the devil when he said, well, we'll deal with that later, right? Like mm-hmm. just put off forgiveness until later. Don't stop. I mean, it, it, it's probably going to be painful. You know, I had to rip some scabs off, which is never a fun process. You kind of reopen the wound. Um, but don't, don't put off forgiveness because it is such a poison that is just killing you from the inside out. And so deal with it now. Deal with it immediately and, and just get that, I mean, get that illness out of you. Get that illness out of you. Get that illness out of you. That's my. That's some good advice. It's my yes. final thought. Oh, cool. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up this episode. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Eat fresh. Stay cool. See ya. <laughs>